and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 182. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Zanetsky. Hello, sir. Hello there. Welcoming back. Yes, we are an hour late today because I had the world's worst toothache last night. But I was also a little late, although it turned out I was only about nine minutes behind schedule. So I was curse. I was in extreme blinding pain until about <laughs> six o'clock in the morning when I finally <laughs> gave up on just trying to go to sleep and went out and bought some more gel. Yeah, I, I don't have toothaches all that often, but I'm in the same camp as you where I refuse to get my wisdom teeth out. They're impacted, right. and once every year or so, I get a couple of days where I basically can't eat. Yeah, that's basically what what happened. I found, I found that out while eating a cookie. Oh, oh no. Yeah, so it's like just sugar <laughs> all over it. It's like extra bad. Well, maybe if your body associates cookies with tooth pain, you won't eat as many cookies, and that'll probably be better for your health. That would for my health. Perfect. There you go. I'm going to use that <laughs> as the thingy. Anyway, let me uh, touch on a couple things before we start the episode officially. Head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On this particular website, you will find a couple levels of open-ended support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Uh, beyond that, if you're watching us on Twitch, uh, thank you for reading our social media post. Um, we are no longer on my personal Twitch. We are on our own, so twitch.tv forward slash carbitrage. We're official now. Yeah, it might take some time to get... Uh, followers on this channel but whatever at least we have i think scott's watching right now but um, hey, that's that's one then moving on to beer uh i actually have a beer i've been holding on to for quite a while because it's been too hot for it this is a beer i got from our in-person patron tom next door it's a blueberry sour with like cocoa in it so it's like a chocolate blueberry sour is that aaron that loves sour so much aaron who Stokowski. Uh, I can't remember what he brought. It might have been. I, I think, think he, yeah, he he likes sours. It's just like I like sours. Um, it's just like a warhead with liquor in it. Like it's like oh, it tastes yeah. like great. Oh, I like a Ferris Day Roselle is pretty mild. Yeah, a uh, Ferris Day Roselle is about like my limit of and sours. Like I like That's fruity fine. beers. I just don't like sours. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to visibly pucker when yeah, well, I drink a beer. But. So this is my issue with fruity beers. Is like I'll say like I like a fruity beer, and people are just like, oh, let me tell you about the sour. I'm like, no, I said a fruity beer. Not a sour beer. Like, there's two different things. I like a mango kolsch, but mm-hmm. I don't like a sour of any sort. I'd rather... I'd well, ra- that's fairly rather have another minded. hole in my head. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, because comparing that to a hole in one's head is pretty significant. Yeah, it's really not my favorite thing. <laughs> Neither, in either case, sours or a hole in my head. I've never had a hole in my head, but I have had sours, and I can say... At least in, in my opinion. I like sours. So this so far is really good. It does have quite a bit of bite to it. I'm not really getting much of a chocolate effervescence from it, but... It probably tames it down a little bit, to it's be honest. a decent... I'm going to call this a morning beer, even though it's not oh, it's really morning. morning. Yeah. Okay. I, I know what you mean, though. Like, it's a brunch beer. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Like, if the if the mojitos or whatever, you have a brunch... Mimosas. Mimosas, thank you. The mimosas are too expensive. You just get that. I'd black out if I had mojitos for lunch. So, um, I, I, when I go to lunch or brunch, I do as like cheaply as possible, so I never get like the mimosas. Mm-hmm. I'm always just like, I'm gonna take the pancakes and the bacon and the coffee because. Oh yeah. I just had to wait in a line of like 45 Karens, 
I'm very irritated, and I need to be liquored up on top of this. Like, I just don't need that. And the thing is... Because then I'm just going to, like, open my mouth and start a fight. It's insult to injury as well, because usually when you go through a line like that, you're the only person going for those particular items anyway. So you had to wait behind a bunch of people that weren't even interested in the stuff you were going to get. Yeah. Oh. It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, brunch sucks. I love brunch in concept, Mm -hmm. but in actuality... It totally sucks. It's like cheap coilovers. Ooh, ooh. That's what it is. Nah. Like, you're like... Mm, like it sounds great. It sounds like a great... Like, fuck, I can look awesome, like, all the time. <laughs> like, this is a great it's idea. cheaper than shocks. This is wonderful. And then you get them, and you're just like, ow! <laughs> <laughs> the, the paid review, you've got, like, a back brace on. It was good. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Please like, give me my money back. Saying that my chiropractor's got his arm around me with, like, a bench named after me. <laughs> In the lobby. <laughs> Best coilovers ever. A Pexy Park. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so now that we're done touching on the beer and the pleasantries, let's move right into topics. And Wait, do we talk about Patreon? We did. All right, cool. Sorry. We'll move right into topics. The first one being one of mine, actually. <laughs> and I was leaving work about a week and a half ago, and a coworker of mine, the idiot, bought a CVT Impreza, like a 2019 I told him to buy a Corolla hatch manual. He didn't. So the reason I bring that up is this thing has the most aftermarket-looking, not-in-a-good-way stock wheels I, of anything in oh, my... Did, wait, did you get Impreza Sport or did you get just a normal Impreza? I don't know. Probably a Sport. Well, if they're Sports, they're be a little bit bigger. Uh, I don't know. Do you have the black highlights on them? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a Sport. Yeah, they look like they're made by Vox. Yeah, they're really, really terrible-looking wheels, and that actually prompted me to get into the podcast. You could, notes. you could literally look at any one of these wheels and they no, all look like garbage. These aren't it. They're even worse than this. Uh, but this prompted me to put in the topic of what vehicle has the most aftermarket-looking stock wheels that you can think of. Yeah, it's these. Is this for, for better or for worse? Or? It doesn't matter. Um, I, I'm leaning for worse in mine usually, but uh, it doesn't have to be. Well, for me, I believe it's the 2011 Subaru Outback actually is the worst wheel I've ever seen in my life. It's not aftermarket or anything. It's just awful. So we have two Subarus in a row now. Oh, yeah. yeah we're talking about how something looks. You're, you're going right. to have a lot of Subarus if we're complaining about stuff. So here's the Impreza wheel that I was talking about first. Um, these... They actually don't look that bad in this photo, but they are terrible. Oh, that is it right there. They look really bad. So that, that what do you a, want? 2011? 2011 Subaru Outback. It's going to be their six-spoke wheel. Oh, with, is it like that faux three-spoke split thing? It's the one where there's six spokes and three of the spokes are a different width than the other three. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I believe it's the 2011. Those wheels, I think, I don't know if they look aftermarket necessarily, but they look terrible. Well, I was just saying those are the worst-looking wheels I've ever seen in my life. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. What the heck, man? I know the wheel you're talking about, too, and I'm sure most of our listeners do, but yeah, it's like the big three-spoke with the little three-spoke eccentric over top of it. Yeah, um, maybe it was the 2012. It was like the first year. Was there a year before that? Not of that body, not of that body style. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure 2010 was the last good Outback. Huh. Oh, no, it, it, 2010 was the first year of that. All right, so that must have been it, because I, I remember when those first came out that I'm like, wow, those wheels are terrible. Like the internet's like scrubbed pictures of this. Seriously, away. nobody wants to look at that. Like, you literally cannot find a photo of them on the what internet. The, every single one when they came out had those godforsaken wheels. Oh, man, I found one. If you look up LP Adventure Kit Outback 2010-2014, then you'll see Adventure. it. LP Adventure. 
lift kit. There, right there. Oh, the man. Wheels. Oh, those are terrible. That's the worst wheel Copy I've ever seen. Copy image location. The worst wheel I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a worse wheel. Ah, gross. That's really, really awful. Those are, those every, are just every wheel dreadful. Is, every single wheel is better than that. Even... <laughs> Even the um, Chevy Cavalier uh, series of the hubcaps that say the wheel size on the hubcap. Oh, God. I'm not even aware of that. Thank goodness. It's, I think it's like, it says like 15 by 5 or something. Oh, like, no. It's terrible Oh, size. bragging about how poor you are. Yeah. Um, um, the next one I want to bring up is the BMW Z3 six-cylinder wheel. So the 97-98 Z3 2.8 wheel. Mm -hmm. It's also the early X5 17-inch wheel. Uh, BMW Z3. <clears throat> But they're essentially just like a bland, melty, shapeless five-spoke. And it looks like a Moda wheel from Tire Rack that somebody bought for winter duty in 1998. But look at this. It's a stock BMW wheel. And it's just like the worst melty trash. This is actually a Photoshop, I think. But it, trust me, the real ones look exactly like this. But they, they look like those awful Borbets you always see. Like Yeah, I mean, they pretty much are. Like some boomer like, took a photo of it. Or like some boomer made a post on like, Craigslist that says Borbet wheels for sale. Yeah. And then they have a link to their like their oh. Imgur account. And then you click on it and you see that gross five spoke. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was trying to copy a bring a trailer image location and it was having issues. What was... um. What was the name of those metric wheels that they put on the uh, Testarossa? Uh, they're just called TRXs, I think. Yeah, TRXs. Yeah, those wheels are, they kind of look like uh, just like a generic five-spoke aftermarket wheel. Um, but The biggest issue I have with most TRX wheels is not only did they usually not look great, but also, like, if you tried to buy a modern tire compound, even in the day, you couldn't do it. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, they, they were just, they were objectively terrible. <laughs> Another one I want to touch on is uh, actually for the better. It's the 2001 BMW 530i Sport Package Wheel. So they were BBS two-piece. I know what you're talking about because I actually uh, wrote one of these for BAT. Yeah, yeah. it's an awesome car, by <clears> the way, <throat> too. If you ever are in the market and you can find a clean one, uh, buy a 2001 530i five-speed because it is awesome. Uh, I should be looking at images, not... Uh, there we go. Yeah. So these are just like, lovely. If you ever get one out of a northern climate, you're going to have serious problems with corrosion. But I think those, like, if that had a BBS center cab, aftermarket I, I, Actually, I think they are, like, BBS-like type one. They're, they're stamped one. BBS all over. I'm just yeah. saying that they are factory wheels. I just, I can't remember what what style they are. It's, like, type, like, 110 or something, 105. Well, I can something. tell you for sure. They are BMW-style 42. But That's what it is. Thank R you. RC, I don't know. Um... Even the RC0908 Style 5, that one, it doesn't look that aftermarket to me. It just looks cheap. Have you ever wanted a car that's got a factory set of Campanolo wheels? I don't think I've seen that, no. Type in the 1979 Mazda RX-7. I love these wheels. Was, they look very similar to one of my favorite aftermarket wheels. These? Yeah, one that kind of looks like a fan clutch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, like a, a really tiny, crappy version of the Pantera wheels. Yeah, that, that's Campanolo. Uh, um, Campagnolo? Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> it looks like that or a Mugen CF48 or something along those lines. Like, Scott, that's a very cool-looking wheel. Scott says the base Tesla Model Y wheels look like aftermarket wheels. We could also say the Model 3 wheel, which is one of the best factory wheels I've ever seen. The one that's well, the one without the cover. Yeah, yeah. One of the best looking factory wheels. That's true. That does look like BBS as well. I love that wheel. 
I'm trying to find a photo of a Model Y stopped with the base wheels because they look so terrible. Just to... Oh, the Model Y is a hole. It just looks there like a go. puke. Yeah, that Gross. wheel. I don't know if that looks... I mean, there's... Are there really aftermarkets that make wheels that look that bad? I don't know. Mm. Um, what? There, there's some really, really terrible Japanese wheels that look kind of like that. Yeah. There's some really bad wheels out there. I'm, tr I'm blanking. There was a 1992 or a 1994 Lexus ES300 that had, like, a BBS wheels on it from the factory. Well, you could look up the um, Mercury Grand Marquis. From like the 90s. Oh, yeah, same with thing. With the mesh wheel. It's just any Japanese car that's kind of bubbly that has a mesh wheel on it, it's usually way too small, and it just yep. doesn't, doesn't fit the no, style I love very it, well. I love the wheel, but if you put that wheel on, like, a Cressida, it mm -hmm. looks great. If you put say, that wheel yeah. on, like, a Miata, no, you obviously can't put it on a Miata. But well, I mean, not like, with that attitude. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, like, if you put that onto, like, I don't know, like a RX-7, it'd look terrible. Like an FD, obviously you wouldn't, but... Like, I'm just trying to think of a, a bubbly... A, a Celica. A Celica's a perfect example of a car that looked terrible with a mesh wheel. That would be another interesting point. Like, what's a, like a really ho-hum, boring stock wheel that looks way better on, like, the smaller sibling car? That's true. Yeah, um, the... Uh, I can just tell you right now, the Integra Fat 5 on Adele Soul mm -hmm. looks great. That just looks stock to me, yeah. Well, because they had a smaller, they had a 14-inch Fat 5, a mini Fat 5 hmm. on the Del Sol oh, G-Tech. Okay. And so you can get the one that's like an inch larger, and obviously you'd have to, have, you'd have to swap hubs and everything, but I mean, you could. It's not that hard. People do that for larger <laughs> right. brakes anyway. Yeah. But if you put, yeah, Integra Fat 5 looks great on a Del Sol. Um, I think the 95-01 to BMW 7 Series 16-inch wheel looks pretty good on any non-7 Series BMW. They're really common on the 89-95 to 5 Series. People re-drill them and put them on E30s all the time. They're cheap, good. And then another great example of a ho-hum wheel that looks great on other things, the EM1 Civic SI uh, wheel. What did that come with? It's like a seven, I guess a fat seven spoke, really high offset. Huh. It looks amazing on like EGs and EFs. If you just look that up, like look up like nine, like two thousand Civic Si, and you'll see the wheel I'm talking about. It's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ho hum as hell on a factory, uh, I, I, on that car. But as soon as you put that on an older body style Civic, it uh, something looks smaller, great. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I'll bring it up in chat here just so people can see. Yeah, it. if you put on a lower profile tire, like that looks great. Yeah, those look awesome on EGs and EFs. I still like the M1. The M1's a great car. I would highly recommend buying one like right now. No, you'd recommend buying one like five years ago. I would still recommend <laughs> buying one right now. I don't think you can get one for a reasonable price right you, now. You, otherwise you can say. actually, the way you buy a car, you totally can get one for five grand. Fair. Like, if you get one that's like <laughs> got an accident history, like you can get a really, really solid car. And I think if there's anybody on earth that can own a Civic Si, probably be you, because you just park it in here with, like, your BMW and your Ferrari. <laughs> never goes outside. Never goes outside. Like, you St. Paul does not know that car exists. Like, yeah, I take it home fine. one night before a car show and it vanishes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would never do that. 100% would never do that. I would drive, like, oh, this car show starts at 7 a.m., I better leave my house at 5. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> I need to go get my car from I mean, Chanhassen and I drive do that to water. all the time, because yeah. there's a lot of cars I just either can't or won't park at my house, but... Yeah, no, I would uh, I would one hundred percent park your Ferrari with the keys in it before I park that Civic Si anywhere within within ten minutes of your house. <laughs> like, well, it's a good thing I probably won't buy a Honda, but 
But um, and I'm gonna, I want to give you one last wheel on um, we've talked about before. Okay. The uh, 280ZX swastika wheel. We've actually covered that before somehow. Yes. That is one of my favorite wheels ever. It looks amazing. And it does. It looks like a totally weird aftermarket wheel. This was, I'll have you know, already in the search history. Perfect. <laughs> of the stream computer. I love, I love that wheel. <laughs> like that's just one of my favorite wheels ever. <clears throat> I lo- is it officially called the swastika? That's the nickname of it. Okay, I was gonna say. I feel like that would be, maybe not a great thing to call a wheel. It's not like it, it's it's like a, when you say like an E thirty basket weave. Sure. Okay. Like people just know. I gotcha. Like Corvette I, saw blade. Yes, like it isn't technically the name. Okay. It's technically called a cro- like the the basket is technically a crossbow style five style five crossbow. Yeah, but like you just say basket weave, and people know what you're talking about. If you yeah, say, bro, I got a set of weaves. I, I think if I ever All did right. a 280ZX and branch, I would actually have to put parentheses swastikas, but <laughs> <laughs> then they'd be like uh, Ryan, like trust me. That's people what, will know what they're called. That's like a, that's the actual. I'm name. not making this up. That is literally <laughs> what people call them. <coughs> Don't die. Ah, sorry, my tongue is still like half numb Ugh. from my origin. Oh Jesus! Have like, fun with your topical anesthetic. I can taste everything. I just half of my tongue. I can't move very well. Um, can you taste the rainbow? Yes, I can. So I've got great news, everyone. If you can open <laughs> up the link that I provided. Sure. I'll wait. May as well start. We still have an audio listening thing. There we go. What is that picture of? That is the picture of the, I don't even know what generation, but the new Z car. Of the 400Z. And what is that that you are looking at? That is a shift knob attached to a boot attached to a center console. It's going to be a manual. Good. Yeah. No, I I love that uh, Nissan had a press release and that was the one photo that they gave us <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of top gear when they covered uh the first gen panamera like do you want to see it <laughs> and they showed the marketing material and it was all just like super dimly lit black areas <laughs> highlighting like the front headlight area that never showed the back yeah, it's so it looks ugly. so bad yeah so i hope the rest of the interior looks okay i don't care it has a manual now pretty much i mean add this to the ever dwindling list of well cars. i think all right so this is the clever thing that i put a manual on it for that is the only reason you would buy that car and not a gtr or like any other competitor vehicle like yeah. a z4 or a supra yeah you're gonna go buy a 400z because it's, got, it's a got a manual. Yes, it and does. if it's anything like the CD009, which it probably is, it's hope, a really good transmission. I hope it's just a CD009. Like <laughs> it would be fine. They have no reason <laughs> to to fuck with that transmission at all. Like don't change it. It's still a VQ, so it's probably still a CD009. Like that. There's no reason to, to try to make it better. It's already as good as it will be. Please. I can't think of any other strong six speed that costs less than that thing secondhand either. Yeah, like that is the best transmission in the world and please make more of them so they continue to be cheap i want that to be the i want that to be the thousand horsepower ls transmission i mean i don't know if you could push a thousand horse through them but they're really strong actually (laughs) (laughs) so like with uh like just when i've been reading someone to put a 2j into my crust for a long time until i realized that they're prohibitively expensive and there's too much screwing around that i have to do i can just put a v8 and just call it a day um 
But I was looking at doing a CD009 because mm-hmm. the R129s are just like unbelievably expensive. And like the R129 is a better transmission, but the CD009 can still get pretty darn near 1,000 horsepower before it has issues. I don't think that the Mark IV Super Trans is anywhere near as good as the CD009. That's a Getrag 420. Yeah, it's a great transmission. It's fine, but it's not stronger than a CD009. But I mean, like, you know how super people are. Eh, it's, it's a fine transmission. Super people are... They, they're like, the Supra can just do it. If you put in another part, you're probably going to make it worse. And then it took him like 20 years to catch up to the solid rear end cars. So, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, shots fired. How, how correct they were. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, hmm. I'm just very happy to see that there will be a manual in the new Z and they're not just going to ruin it right off the bat. I assume this will have like the Red Sport 3-liter twin turbo on it, right? Yes, it will. Okay. And you know what else makes this better? This is officially a better vehicle than a BMW Supra. Well, yeah, because, well, mainly because the Supra does not yet have the manual transmission, which they confirmed is coming. Yeah, I don't believe it. Also, I mean, if you're going... It's already been federalized in the Z4. Yeah, but I just just don't believe it because they're doing everything they can to make me not like that car. That's fair. Like I like I wanted to like that car until I got into it and I found out it only had two seats. There's a question for you. Hmm. Well this is this a two plus two or is this a two seater? It's a two seater, okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. If it was a two plus two, it would definitely be better. Mm-hmm. If this is a if this was a two plus two, I'd call it the Nissan Supra. <laughs> because the BMW Supra I don't, is not a Supra. This is gonna break your heart, Ryan, but I'm fairly convinced that Nissan does not hold the trademark to the word Supra. No, but you can spell it with like an umlaut or something. S O O P R A H Supra. Supra. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> Nissan, please do that. Make a two plus two version of the four hundred Z and call it the Supra. <laughs> yeah, like I'll be fine. <laughs> I won't be heartbroken. I'll I don't see any problem Supra. with this. It's fine. If that's a two plus two, I'll call it a Supra because the Supra is not a Supra. It's a wonderful, wonderful little car, but it is not what they call it. It's a good car, and it is a Supra. Yes, it's, it's not a not, Toyota, it's not, but it's, it's not a, a Supra. It's not a Supra or a Toyota. It's a it's a BM Dupra. BM, yeah, it's a BM Dupra. That's that's a good way to call it. A BM Dupra. <laughs> Come on, somebody's got to take the script of the Supra text and do <laughs> it's BM Dupra. BM Dupra. <laughs> I, I could okay, I can get behind that. But actually, you need to do BM the BM. You have to do in like the M font with like the little red and blue lines, and then. The oh. D-U-P-R-A. Oh, man. The How Dup- Persian did this badge the, just the, become? The Dupra has to be in, like, Supra font. Script, like the, yeah. The, like, scribbly script. The crayon oh, script yeah, the cray- where it's got the little, yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. God, that'd be gross. Let's move Not on. I don't want to talk about the BM Dupra anymore. Um, I want to talk about, we actually kind of brought this up in episode 179. Best automotive tuner names. And it was too much to cover at that time, so we've had a little bit of time to think it out. Yes. And I, I sat here for 10 or 15 minutes today. I'm just like, all right, tuners. So I started thinking about makes, and then I started thinking about all the parts I liked, especially back in the day. Oh, I just thought of another one. Uh, but there's so many good ones. Um, most of them are not recently established, but some of them are. So I... I don't know. I'll, I'll set it off with Brabus. Brabus is a great name, and I love that it's actually his last name. I like the like, logo is good. Louis like, Brabus is his name. Like that's a great name. And that operation is serious. Like oh yeah, it's it, Brabus is also from my one of my favorite eras. Actually, I would probably say my favorite post-war era of cars. 
which is the cocaine-fueled, totally ridiculous... Personal luxury machine. Personal luxury machines of the 80s. Yeah, so I'm also going <laughs> to give you one of my favorite ones, the Koenig Special, okay. which is... <laughs> Like, synonymous with everything that I love about the 80s. So, it has some personality and character to it. There's yes. a lot of automotive tuner names that, like, I don't find offensive, but, like, I'm not going to, like, when's the last time you were, you were chatting with friends and you had your car flash? You're like, oh, what'd you get it flashed by? I'm like, APR. I'm like, wow, that sounds boring. Yeah. I, I think any name that's don't just three letters. Don't they make bolts? But if you say, like, Koenig Specials, it's a fun name to say. Yeah. And people immediately think of just, like, Phil Collins stumbling out of a Lamborghini Uraco with a shiny blue suit with a mullet and a bald spot and, like, a and briefcase full of cocaine. Their hearing gets some reverb in it for a yeah. couple of seconds. I remember. I love it. Like, that's everything I love in my life. I hate Phil Collins, and I still understand. <laughs> like, I just, I want... I really just want a Koenig Special car. And my favorite part about the Koenig Special is you can still buy the body kits piece by piece. They don't make cars anymore, but you can buy the body kits. So what I want to do is I want to get a really clapped out 560 SEC, LS swap it, 4L80E swap it because I don't even care. I don't care, Eric. I just want to have a cocaine mobile that's reliable. No. Fine, a CD009. I don't care. There you go. Uh, And then I want to put a big Koenig Special's body kit on it. And with like the thirteen by twenty inches ah, or whatever the hell. With those ja- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with those ridiculous Japanese tires I told you about. Yep. Yes, I want that. So all right, fine. Uh, <clears> I could I could actually just do my entire list just eighties tuners. You, you could. I'm looking through it as I'm reading mine. I'm like, oh Jesus. The, m- most of these are actually <laughs> Japanese. So there is there's some good ones in there. Uh, my next one is Hartga. H a r t g e. Yeah, Hartke. That's try a... to say that name and not just be angry, but they, that tuner has been around. It's a BMW tuner mm-hmm. primarily, and they've been around for probably forty years, and they got famous for doing just the most bananas stuff. For like, oh, you introduced a three point four liter inline six. Why don't you send me one of your smallest cars? I want to see what happens. And they've been doing that forever. <laughs> like they've always been taking like the big. They've been taking M5 engines and stuffing them in like three series since the dawn of time. I think you could actually, you could just go to like 1000scc.com and just look at the tuner names. Any one of those. So I'm I'm actually gonna leave out all my 80s cars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, come like, on. Because I could no I could I could say ABC exclusive. I could say Sabaro. I could say all of the great ones. They're like that. They're just like, they just did like, Sabaro made a Gullwing 560 SEC with slats that went all the way across the entire front end and all the way across the back end with testerosa strikes. It's just made of cocaine. Yeah, I mean, the the mod sounds interesting, but... Oh, Sabaro's the name of a pizza company. That's the thing, is like, if that pizza company didn't exist, that'd be a great name. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, so I'm actually going to, I'm going to say my first one that I actually wrote down, Gensuki House. Come again? Gensuki House. It's only four characters. Gensuki House. Yeah. That's only four Gen- syllables. Gensuki, yeah. four characters, house. And they tune custom mopeds. <laughs> if you actually 
uh, look them up on Google real quick. Just type in. Hold on. Let me copy it and yeah, paste copy. it into my browser. There's copy. no way in hell I'm going to be able to type that. This is super easy for me to like type because just like any Japanese name, I just know it's like five characters in Japanese, and it's just it's super easy to do. So yeah, if you if you just like just go on Google and just look up their and go to images. They do Bosozoku mopeds. Oh, okay. So, I don't see any Bosozoku yet, but... Oh, you'll see them. Well, hmm. See... Modded, certainly. They, they, they seem pretty sedate, honestly. Uh, that, that shouldn't, well, there, shouldn't a, be like that. He, there's a right. teaser, maybe. Yeah. All right, go to their website, then. Because uh, they make, like, three-foot-tall... Make fa- this easier for me. They make three-foot-tall fairings for, like, Yamaha jogs. And they make custom like front end pieces so they let you turn your brand new moped or scooter into a moped. 1970s honda full size kind of except it's still small gigantic fairings just yeah gigantic fairings yes super tall really crazy like duck the fact th- that this is on a 2020 website and it looks like it's from 1978 they did that on purpose yes. i'm sure but um yeah they, they have really cool stuff uh, i love gintsuki house i actually uh, once I have all my stuff together moving in, I plan on actually move probably next year. I think I'm gonna buy a moped, then I'm gonna uh, do a Kitsuki build on. That's a yeah, I mean, that's a great uh, area to yeah. have uh, a scooter or something like that. Well, I haven't used mine, but but I mean, like, that's a, I mean, I think it'd just be super cool to have like a import a Yamaha Jog or even just buy a Yamaha Jog if I can even find one. Um, <laughs> I get just like, like the name. I don't think yeah. I'd want one, but get like get the banana seat and the three foot fairing and the headlight that's like stuck up in the air, and then put the Minarelli like seventy five cc uh, kit that Gensuki House sells, and then just have it be super fast and super stupid, and I'd love it. It'd be perfect. I don't know if it's your style. It's not. That's it, not my thing at all. It is entirely my style. I Another thing you're going to want to make you. sure you lock up, because in St. Paul. Oh, yeah. Fancy hips, scooters get hip, stolen. Yeah, hip scooters been stolen like twice. Uh, my friend Alex Henderson lost at least a couple of them, too. I think I put it downstairs in the basement. They're pretty light. Probably smart. Yeah. Uh, my next one, Polestar. Not as interesting now that it's part of Volvo, but it used to be a separate tuner, famous for cranking the boost screw all the way in on all of the Volvos. <laughs> and uh, it's not only a great name, but they came up with a great color, which is that light blue, which, yes. again, now you can buy Volvos in, so it's less interesting. Now everything's like that color. But, but Polestar. Like, Polestar is, it's like AMG. Like, AMG before they were part yep. of Mercedes. Yep. Like, we're very, very cool. They became mm-hmm. part of Mercedes in the 90s. They made some cool That's stuff fine. for a while. They yeah. cool stuff for a while. I mean, I don't like the new Polestar Volvos, but it's not like a Polestar-tuned V70R. No, it's... Well, that's the thing. is like... it. The AMG Hammer was yeah. when AMG was separate from Mercedes, and they could yeah. just, like, make it, and it didn't have to, like, apply to, like, any sort of safety regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that it's, like, part of Mercedes, they're like... Okay. Oh, this has to be carb compliant? Let's just put the biggest engine we can into the smallest car we can, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's a hard Don't kick. get me wrong, but it's not as exciting. <laughs> it's not like a M117 into a 300E. Like, that's Especially much... a 4-cam M117 yeah, that, that's into a way cooler. Yeah, making a 4-cam set of heads for a V8, very cool. Yeah, like, I agree. I, I would love... A set of those heads, but obviously they not also happening. they make their cars completely unaffordable. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go with a Conjo Tribe uh, shop that is called. 
Carmake across. <laughs> we picked very different names. I love my names. They're so dumb. <laughs> I just love We've them. talked about even what was a it wasn't a Jimny, it was something else, but there was a, a company that modified one that just had like the most ridiculous names. Wald International? No, it was like a, a really boxy Isuzu or Daihatsu or something like that. And it was there's modifier. there's a lot of names yeah. that are like that, but Carmake Cross they uh, make uh, Conjo. They they got famous doing Conjo racers, which are like Honda Civics had like 200 horsepower, completely stripped out, and they were street raced in the middle of like Osaka during like rush hour and like zip nice. through traffic. Yeah, and so <laughs> Carmake like, Cross. Yeah, so Carmake Cross is like up there. Uh, if you look, if you just type in like Carmake Cross EF Civic, like you'll see what they do. They've got a like Carmike Cross, and then my next one have very similar but very unique styles to their cars, where they'll make these cars are street racers that look like their cup cars almost, hmm. where they'll put in like Lexan windows and like roll cages <laughs> and like super stiff suspension. <laughs> Turns out after, street legal stuff. Yeah, was thing once they quit highway racing, they started going out on racetracks. They started like resetting lap times like across Japan along with my next uh, company, where it's just, like, if you just look them up, like, they just, like, they'll go to a racetrack with, like, eight cars, and then mm -hmm. they'll just, like, reset, each lap will reset the lap time <laughs> for, like, a front-wheel drive car and just completely blow away their competition and then just move on to the next city. And it'll just, like, go through Japan, going to every single little racetrack doing that. So that's, I think, really cool about them. That's kind of um, cool. Were you able to find any of their cars? I'm not Googling every one of them. Okay, that's fair. It takes too long. Unless you give me links, I guess. I'd oh, I guess I can do that, that for... I'll do that for Carcraft Boom, my next one. But we'll uh, talk about yours first. Fair enough. Uh, next one. Terrible tuning company. I don't know if I should recommend you get any other stuff, but Unitronic. I think it's a great name. They have a pretty great logo, too. They have uh, a great logo, yeah. It's an Audi predominantly tuner that does a lot of flash tuning, not even a lot of hard parts, but... Again, like the first time I saw that name on a shop locally here, I'm like, I thought more of the shop, honestly, because it was such a good name, and it just had this like stench of high end to it. So I was really it does, bummed it, to it, learn it, it that does it's sound, not good. It sounds really bougie. You're it does not, sound bougie. You're not wrong. Yeah. But it's also really not old school, so this is probably the most modern avant-garde name I have on here. Um, they don't tune anything that I like, and again, their tunes are kind of crap, but <laughs> they're a great name. Tunes are kind of crap. Their tunes are kind of crap. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a bit shit. <laughs> the product's a bit shit. Don't buy Unitronic. But if somebody good were to buy that name, I would, I would feel better about that. So if you were in a position and have some good tunes, I highly recommend you make Unitronic an offer and then tell them that their tunes are a bit shit. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um... So the one I'm going to say now is uh, the company is better known in the United States as Osaka JDM. Okay. But their real name is Carcraft Boone, which I think is the best name for a tuning company ever. I just think of Carcraft Summer Nationals and well, then like... <laughs> they have to take each word individually, like Carcraft Boon, like what each word means, totally made. So it's a Japanese tuning company. Okay. They're only I kind of figured. Their only English speaker is a Frenchman, and no, <laughs> I know it's because I've bought parts from them. I had to issue and to talk to somebody on the phone. It was a French dude translating English, a second language, 
to his second la- other second language, Japanese. So oh, no. everything got lost in translation. Oh, no. <laughs> honestly, they're super cool. Um, when I bought my spoiler from them for my Civic, uh, it, it came cracked because uh, Nengun fucked up. But um, yeah, but they they actually sent me an, a second one. They sent me a T-shirt. They sent me a calendar. They all autographed the calendar and everything. They sent me a bunch of stickers. I like these wheels. It's super cool. Yeah, so that's actually their um, special made work wheel. It's called the C1 Loop 5. (laughs) (laughs) Japanese just have such a hard-on for adding unnecessary syllables to everything. There's a reason for that name. So the C1 Loop is the highway loop that they would race on in fives because five spokes. It makes sense. But anyway, so if you notice, this car's got a dent in the front end of it. (laughs) Yes, it does. So that happened uh, soon after they went legit and started going to like actual track days. They were racing at, I think it was Sakuba Circuit? Because that was close by. I can't remember exactly which circuit. but um, Sakuba's cool. Yeah, but they were racing on the track, and there's an RX-7 that like they were faster than, but the RX-7 would pull away from them in the straightaways, and they just like could not take the corners as fast as them. Hmm. And so eventually the RX-7, they're like, just to get them out of the way, they just didn't brake fast enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoops. His suspension was all unloaded, <laughs> and they just pushed him into the dirt. Nonchalant whistling. So anyway, that's their trophy. That's been there for like 25 years. It does say Historics Japan on the front of it, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, so they now they actually, this is the company that took a lot of the Kanjo racers and made them go legit. Okay. And there's this, yeah, Historics race, which is where the RX-7 got rear-ended. I kind of <laughs> figured they badged the dent yeah. with that, if it had some relation to um, it. But the Historics race is like a jack- Is that sunshine outside? What? I think that's fake news. Today that's, isn't allowed to have that, sunshine. That's fake. Okay. But uh, the Japanese Historics race is a race where they have, like, vintage street cars, like street racers and stuff, race on a track. And it's not, like, time attack. It's actual racing. So it's like RMMR at uh, Monterey Car Week, mm-hmm. where they'll have like Ferrari 250 GTOs and stuff racing against like GT40s. Sure. Well, and, and they'll do that, and they have like different classes and stuff. So like, yeah, there's some people that race like Bugattis and stuff, but they they also have like vintage Japanese era racers. So they'll have like RX3s and RX7s and like the Carcraft Boon Civic and stuff. Sure. But uh, yeah, this car this company is known for. Um, Really, just like blowing away the competition for cornering ability, they have 200 horsepower. That is it's it, pretty good, which is good for like a 1800 pound Civic. <laughs> but um, the lap times they pull are a lot closer to like fully built NSX lap times. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> like, they're like way faster, especially they if have... they don't break in time for yeah. those NSXs <laughs> or some of these cars. Yeah, like. They're, uh, Can you imagine being a scrutineer that has like a penalty <laughs> called out for this team? Like we didn't break fast enough. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> that's been your excuse since 1983. Yeah, but, you, oh. Well, I'm sorry. Like, a French I didn't break fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, like ah. Uh, talk to the Frenchman. So what's another good one for you? Uh, as much as it's a crap company, Roush. That's a great name. Because if you said I've got a Roush tuned car, like damn, that's pretty cool. Actually, you know what? With that, I'm going to give you my one American company I'm going to come up with. All right. Isky Cams. Isky's cool. Their real name is Iskadarian Cams. I, I liked it better before I knew that. 
I love that. That's a great name. There is actually a company, I'll just complete the tangent in the send real quick, but it's called Cat Cams. It's actually yeah. apparently a really expensive high-end cam shaft manufacturer, which sucks. Oh, actually. Because I want their cams for my 2002, but Cat I've, Cams. I've heard of that company, I think. Yeah. Also, They're, there's a headlight company called Cats with a Z from in Japan. Hopefully it's not like Mad Cats. No, it's just called Cats, and they were the first company to do uh, aftermarket HID kits. That's back pretty in the, cool. Like, in the, like, early 90s, probably? Yeah, like super early 90s, like right after HIDs like, first were introduced. God. Yeah. You remember the first time you saw a Xenon headlamp turn on? You're like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, then it like, slowly lights oh, up. It's super bright, and then it gets dim, and then it slowly lights up again. Like, what the hell just happened? That is like the coolest thing oh. in the world. Yeah. In, in your W140S <laughs> class, which I think had them in 91 or sorry, 92 is when that car came out. Um, but they were like an original option thing. Um, my next one I'll throw in real quick, Eurodyne. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that company. Mm-hmm. Old. I don't even know if they're still around anymore, but really popular in, like, the heyday of forced induction in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. They were big into Porsche and Mercedes and BMW and stuff, so, again, a great name. The company doesn't have any memorable product, but it doesn't matter, because if you say, I've got a 300E, or you say, I've got a 92 300E Eurodyne Turbo... You guarantee you're going to stop and stare at the Eurodyne car. Yes. It's like, was that turbocharged in 92? Yes, it Probably. was. It was very reliable. <laughs> it's blow through CIS, <laughs> so what do you think? <laughs> the answer is yes. So no, anyway. Nobody has done that since... No, because they invented EFI a long time I, I ago. I was going to say, when, was, when did they... <laughs> like 1986, I think it was the last time where that was like a reasonable, a reasonable idea, is a blow-through CIS. EFI Most system. tuners working with CIS way before this realized that they could use EFI and yeah. then used EFI. <laughs> <I was just laughs> Even like, a crappy EFI system. I was going to say 86, because that's when Ford yeah. had the 5.0 with like the modern... EFI, I mean, like that would be like then you can just like swap Porsche, that. BMW, yeah. EFI, and eighty six was enough for turbo. It was so God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good year to pick though. I mean, pre eighty six, it really wasn't as good. So I'm gonna say one of my favorite companies okay. to say, Ari Amemia. Rotary Engineering Amemia. Okay, I was gonna say I was looking in the notes as you said it, and I'm like, it says re Amemia. It's R E Amemia. But if you, uh, so this is another team that came out of like the Bosozoku Kanjo era, huge in the 90s and the 2000s with rotary tuners. Okay. And they were known, they did like a lot of the super crazy RX-7s of like fixed headlights and everything. Like they did some wild body kits. But uh, my favorite car by them is their Mazda Shantas, which is a rear wheel drive K car that they made. It's a company, the car that actually made the company. Um, is a rear-wheel drive K car. They put a 12A rotary in it. Made 500 horsepower with 200 miles an hour. In a K car. In a K car. Can you imagine the terror? <laughs> Balls of steel. I'm surprised that rotary had How'd they find enough a tire that took that. I, I I'm just surprised that they had a they found a rotary with enough torque to carry around <laughs> that man's testicles. Because <laughs> that would be very heavy. Well, I'm sure that Dorito was a spinning, but. <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, Sorry, those Doritos. Yeah. It, oh, also, they did it without a wide body kit either. So, they, so the arrow was pretty stockish. Yeah, it was pretty. Saying. They rebuilt the car recently, and they put a wide body on it, like a G, like a GT style wide body. It's like the super crazy. Like, I don't know how I would feel about a wide body K car. 
it looks pretty cool. You can Google it. But uh, you just copy pasta Ariamamiya Mazza Shantes. But I can't spell Shantes either. C H A N T E Z. Yeah. If you replace your other link with those, I'd be happy to do it. But there, I just wrote man. down Shantes. You could probably just Google Ariamamiya Shantes. But uh, the car is super cool. It's super fast. I think I'm only seeing the wide body one here. Yeah. So you, oh, here's the old one. Yeah, they, it's the same car actually. He yeah, just never got rid of it. <laughs> I just love that he kept it forever. Now that is a 1990s picture right there. You should do a screen cap so people can see. Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Yeah, that's that's how the car looked. It, like, it was technically wide body, but yeah, that was the one that was like one of the fastest cars in the Midnight Club. <laughs> just the fact that that's a, a rear-wheel drive 12A and a K car is pretty and Imagine that, like, keep not just keeping up, but like... In times, being faster than a Countach and a 930 Turbo. The sketchiest part of that entire story is 200 miles an hour on those tires. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a crazy Anyone car. that did 200 on a 90s tire is insane. Anybody that went 150 on a 90s tire is insane. It's much less on a 13-inch wheel. <laughs> like, that's just doing it. So I'm sure they were <clears throat> very. They were probably TRXs for all I know. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Since you know Japan probably measures their wheels in millimeters up in that kind of car. So I'm surprised to see what your next one is. Yeah, it's Mugen. Yeah, I'm surprised that that. You'd Why? Have, I just wouldn't think that you would think of that. I'm one. a child of Gran Turismo, and That's true. one of the few tuners in there was Mugen. Mugen, and like it was always such a great name. I think Spoon is a better name. I, I thought about Spoon when I typed this down, and I'm like, Spoon I, makes I was, better I engines for sure. Mugen slash Spoon is what I do, but okay. Mugen's, Mugen fell to the AMG syndrome, mm. where they got, well, I mean, Mugen was always part of Honda, because sure. Hirotoshi Honda, uh, Soichiro Honda's son, ran Mugen. He's the guy that uh, retuned the uh, timing on a Harley Davidson. Harley? Because he, he thought it was it's broken. He thought it was broken. Yeah, that guy. It is broken. Yeah. Thank you. You are correct. Oh, um, but, uh, yeah, Mugen's a really cool company. They made three of my top five favorite wheels in the world. The and, CF48, the, the M7, and the MR5. Uh, it was a wise guys meet not long ago, and there was, like, it was a CRX, the first gen CRX, but it had mu- like weird Mugen yeah, wheels on it. Th- yeah, that was those the wheels. I I stopped, turned around, and went back that's, to that car to look. That's at that Alex thing. Nelson's actually, really? not the Alex Nelson from the other podcast, but Alex Nelson, that other totally weird kid. Are you that's talking like, Edina Alex Nelson or Stance Alex Nelson? Not either of them. It's a different Alex Nelson, I think. Oh Jesus! It's a third Alex Nelson. Oh. but um. Yeah, no, he's doing a full Mugen build on that car. That car was cool. That was it's by far very, my favorite cool thing at the car. show that wasn't my car. He's actually, if you looked at the tires, the tires were cooler than the wheels because he had um, Yokohama, he had JDM imported Yokohama HFs. I remember the tires terrified me, but beyond that, I didn't pay attention. They were JDM Yokohama HFs, were the only set in the country. And he imported them for that car because they were the, it's a tire that's made for classic Japanese cars like that. Okay. So you got like a 185, 60, 14, like a garbage tire size. But they did their original tread design from the 1980s, mm-hmm. and they put a modern tire uh, oh, like sure. compound, compound on it. Yeah, it's like what Avon does for all the old... Exactly. Yeah, okay. So it's like that, but for classic Japanese cars. I really like that. If the yeah. tire looked... If, coming back to TRX for like the fifth time this episode, 
if a company made new, like, R compound TRX, 100%, I'm down. It's just the fact that it's just... <laughs> no, no, because right now, if you buy a TRX, it is literally a 1993 Michelin <laughs> that they just made you today. Yeah. Like, like, it's just as crap as it ever was, but... Was mm. shit, has been shit, always will be shit. Is still shit. Let me go with another favorite Honda company. Feels Honda Twin Cam. Feels. Feels, right? God, feels. that's like Tom's. Yeah, feels. Tom's is a great one. I, Tom's. I that one. Ever. Anything where it's like, I don't know why Japanese companies just apo- like put an apostrophe on like a name. Like I that. forgot Tamikara. Tamikara, yeah, that's a great one. Oh, they did that shoot. great. Well, I'm, I'll steal that one from me. Tamikara, right. the Arthur oh, one that they made. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great mm, car. I just love how over the top that crap was. Oh, it's amazing. Who's that cartoon by? You'll know. <laughs> yeah. Don't you worry. You'll know. I'm like, oh, it's written down the entire side of the car. It's pretty great. <laughs> But um, I just imagine one of their clients wanting like a stealth tune package and like leave. Can't do we that. don't do stealth. <laughs> we don't do stealth tunes. <laughs> like even in the eighties. So like before they made like the R thirty two that you know, the R thirty ones and the R thirties that they like got started with, they made like I think it's called the M thirty one, which is R thirty one, but it was a uh, RB twenty I think. And I think it made like something cool. like two hundred and fifty horsepower non turbo. Oh, wow! Like, that must have revved to the moon. Yeah, like it's like they were really good at doing non turbo tuning. Hates the RB20. I think it's cool. People hate it, not because it doesn't make power, because it does, but because it sounds different than the RB25 and 26. It looks cooler. It's like, it's like two liters. It's got the, the world's coolest valve cover. I love the RB20. I'm just like, what the hell? If the what? RB20 was a non interference engine, like correct engines are, yeah, well, I would totally be into it. I, I'm into it just because people hate it. I would totally recommend that you get one. That'd be well, RB20. Put, maybe I'll put that in my E36 then. I think actually that'd be very cool in your E36. Um, hmm. I wonder if Aaron sold his RB20. Uh, he put a window in it. Did he? Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. You don't want that one. No, well, no, but <clears throat> I, <laughs> you can see the rotating assembly. What's left of it? Neat. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably cheap dropouts if even he wanted to get rid of it. So anyway, my next one. We've already talked about this. In wheel capacity, but not yes. in performance capacity, Campagnolo. Yeah, Campagnolo. Yeah, just they like that factory Mazda wheel. Did a lot of rough cast magnesium wheels, which were super cool, and they also did a lot of speed parts for especially Italian stuff, but not just them. This was a pretty brand agnostic tuner back in the 70s and 80s, and the name is rad. Yes, it is. I just want to make sure the Campagnolo. recorder was still working. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, as I already said, Koenig Specials. I'm going to go with my last one here. Garage work. <coughs> work, not works. No, just garage work. Okay. Click on that link and look what that man did to that car. He took a circle cut drill and he cut... A and, hole saw? Yeah, a hole saw. <clears throat> he cut this EG down to being 1,600 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's like 1,690. Jesus. So it's like 1,700 pounds. Or, yeah, 1,700 mm. pounds. Are there photos of that? Yes. He, I believe that this is the link where you can see the photos of the inside of the car, where he's like cut holes in there. There we go. Wow. Custom-made trailing arms wow. out of aluminum. Oh, wow. This That's... guy, stock uh, B16, and he's he drilled holes in the That's drum. Stock, uh, stock 190E prevented did that. Really? Yeah, from oh, the factory. Cool. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so if you, if you see the inside, like he even went through his pedals and hole cut the pedal like assemblies. Now that's an obsession. Yeah, this guy is like the king of weight reduction. So at garage work, I want to know what his diet is. 
probably a lot of tofu. But um, <laughs> he he cut a lap time at there we go. That's there an inside. Um, he cut a lap time at Sakuba of fifty eight seconds, non turbo, <laughs> front wheel drive Civic without crazy arrow. Oh, but look at that pedal. Look at that brake pedal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the clutch pedal. Okay, yeah, that's the yeah, clutch yeah, yeah. pedal. But be like. <laughs> He literally cut every piece of weight out of that that he could. Wow. No dashboard, no anything. Literally the bare minimum for that car to be functional. Did he weigh all of the like slugs yes. that he took out? Yeah. He, I wonder what that weighed. He cut out, I, I think from just hole cutting, he cut out like 300 pounds of hole cutting. <laughs> that <laughs> must have been a lot of hole saws. Hopefully he had a sponsorship. But, but he, he ran a 58-second lap time, which is like... A few years ago was actually the lap record at Tsukuba. Oh, like full stop. Full stop was the lap record <laughs> from like under Suzuki. And he did this the front wheel drive car without uh, crazy arrow. Like that's like totally like an amount of arrow that you could actually drive with. Dude, every time I've driven a car that's been lightened. It's really. It's uh, so much better. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, I wouldn't want a daily drive because truth be told, they suck to live with. But like for a lap of a track, you're like. Wow, that's a stock engine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, nuts. with Jana's Accord, I'm kind of thinking about keeping that and just putting a B-Series in it, because I have a, I have a B-Series, I have a car, it needs an engine, and just throw it in. Did the F and B have the trans on the, the, the same left side? The, so whatever side. It's a, You're looking yeah. at the front left side? Yes. No, right side. Passenger side. So we should K-swap it then. No, it's opposite of K. Left side. Yes, left side. It's been a while since I've looked at it. B is left side. I know that. It's the same as I think the, the F yeah. is left side. Uh, uh, yep, there are H a, is left side. Everything except for the K, because every car you have no, to cut. You have the to cut L it. is on the right, isn't it? That's after the K though. Everything oh. prior to the K was in the left side. The L kind of came to life at the same time, didn't it? For the fit or the Jazz? It, pre, it actually predates the. Yeah, it was about the same time, about 2003 or so. Okay, yeah. so we'll call it newer Hondas on the right. Okay. But I believe this lap time was, if you scroll up, it just said the lap time right there, 58421. 58, 28. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so close to 58420. I know. But 58 <laughs> seconds at Tsukuba with a non-turbo front-wheel drive car with, like, drivable amount of aero on it. I love that he not only has narrower wheels and tires on the back, but they're also smaller diameter. <laughs> like literally everything you can to cut weight. I guarantee that front wheel is only that size to fit that brake caliber. Oh, you know it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they're magnesium bolts. The thing that I'm surprised, I would be shocked by is if he actually had headlights in his headlight housings. <laughs> well, one of them is cut out for induction. The other one the probably other, doesn't have a bulb think, in it. I think the other one is just there for aero. <laughs> it's just... It's, <laughs> it's a sheet of paper with like chrome foil on the front of it inside. So yeah. if it gets stopped by the authorities, no, it's, it's oh, it just burned out. Yeah, sorry, both my headlights are burnt out. One, I do like a good B series. But anyway, that is uh, that that one takes the cake for one of my favorite car companies ever, just because of dude. That's a great car story. <laughs> it's a great story. It's a cool company. It's a dumb name. I love it. Like that's everything I want in life. Um, Jesus so, Christ. So going from the world of aftermarket, I want to go to the world of collector cars. I still have one more. Oh, you do? Yep. Yes. What's your last one? Lotec. L-O-T-E-C. Yes. Exclusively CIS turbo tuning. A lot of Volkswagen stuff, but they also did some mm -hmm. Mercedes cars. I, that's where I know so them from. So famous yes. for uh, turbo tuning the M103. And like these were famously first Gen 11, 911 turbo turbochargers, which were awful just horrible things but they made great power 
screwed them to one of the most durable inline sixes known to man. Yeah. And they made really good power. Most weren't even intercooled. Like, these things should have blown up, but they didn't. So, again, one of those cars at a car show, I will go to 10 times out of 10, a low-tech turbocharged car. Even a Volkswagen, I would look at a low-tech turbo. Yeah. All right. So, what I want to move on to is I want to move on to the world of uh, classic cars. Okay. Because at Brand Trailer, they noticed that we had an awesome Martin DB5. Aston. Sorry, I was in the middle of burping, so I don't want to get that A. Um, no, you just did it because that's how you do it. No, I've been saying Aston Martin. Yeah. I just try not to burp into the microphone. Um, Our listenership is used to that. Uh, anyway, there so, you go. Uh, <laughs> an Aston Martin DE5 okay. is on Brand Trailer. It's about a half million dollars. Now, my question is the half million dollar challenge. At a price range of about $500,000, do you buy the James Bond car, or do you buy the Countach, the best possible Countach, a uh, 5,000 uh, QV? Oh, I don't know which one of those I'd white, have. White with a red interior. I it's know which one you would pick. Literally <laughs> the best possible Countach. No, trust me, this one actually threw me through a loop, because, you know, I always like cheaper is better. I don't but like I mean, white like, on the Countach. The Countach white with a red it interior? It needs to be black. The Countach looks the best in white. I don't, I wouldn't buy either. I'd buy an M1. That's more than that. No, it isn't. No, get you, out of you here. You can get an M1 for a half million dollars. No, uh, yeah, but you had bare chest. It's not going to be a great one like these are. I'm talking. It'll be a fine running driving car. <laughs> All right, that's fair. So you can get a perfectly reasonable <laughs> M1. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be perfectly reasonable, but it will be a fine running driving car. I, um, I, I'd have, I, I don't know what I would do. Because I, if I was going to get... You'd have the Countach, if Ryan. I was, well, no, that's the thing is, if I, want, if I ever wanted to get an Aston Martin, it would be the James Bond Aston Martin. Yeah. The DB5 in silver. If I was going to get a Countach, it would be white with a red interior. Actually, be white with a white interior. But the red interior looks just as good. They're both amazing, terrible cars. So. They are. And that's the thing, is like... Which amazing terrible car do I want? I don't know. Like they're like I'm trying to think of like the virtues and the the downsides yeah, of both. I'm like both, they're so similar. They're very very similar. They're surprisingly similar vehicles. They're both a bit shit. I think the DB5 <laughs> just because it would be a lot more comfortable. Yeah, I mean both of them would have the same effect on people, and that's the thing. Yeah, I think. Wow, that's really tough. I, I'm not I sure know, if that's I, ever been compared before. I can't, <laughs> I can't honestly decide. I'm literally torn. Everyone, Ryan needs a million dollars to buy both. <laughs> I will buy both. I'll do a review of which one is a bit more. <laughs> one shit. year later, long term fleet. Which one is better? You're in like a, a medical like stationary chair with a joystick moving around. Like I still can't make a decision. <laughs> They're both really great. I'm very uncomfortable at all times. <laughs> The doctor I, said I had to be on this full body cast for two months. I'm actually hedging towards the DB5 the more I'm thinking about it. Solely because if I were to get a Countach, it'd have to be white on white. It'd have to be full cocaine. And that one's got the red interior. Which is better, but it, it, it isn't quite the exact one I want. So I, th- I think I'd have to go with the DB5. Because the DB5 is the exact Aston Martin I want. And if I got that Countach, I would be thrilled every day I own that until I saw a white on white one. And then I'd be very let down. So I, th- I think I'm going to have to go with the DB5. Two Magnetti Morelli mechanical fuel injection systems <laughs> in one car. Oh, 
my god. It's a miracle those things run. Ever. Ever. <laughs> at any point. Just looking at that, I'm like, I've got Italian cars, I've got a strong stomach, and that's just like... <laughs> are you kidding me? Somebody did that? Yeah. Oh. When fuel injection's actually worse than carburation for reliability. Oh, this would be so much better with the old carbies. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, part of the reason why, like, the 1984 or whatever it is, Countach, the last year of the carbs... Like has a really strong following. Yes, I think so. And I, so this <laughs> is the thing: is like, yes, these were the fastest cars in the world when they came out with this. I will take a little bit slower of a vehicle. Yep. That is because they're both just as likely to kill you if you try to drive it ever. Um, I think I'd take thirty less horsepower and have carbs. Yeah, I think I might do that because at least I can just take the air clean, the air box off and listen to carburetors. Yep. So yeah, you get your vacuum gauge, you feel like a real man. This one is just like, let me look through this Italian-German repair manual and then replace a bunch of rubber parts and then it won't ever run again. Yeah, going, going with the Aston Martin. That's true, that probably has carbs. Oh, there we go, yeah. Yes, it is carbs. Perfect. DB5 wins. Yeah, it's a DB5. It's because, because carburetor. Of the, because of the Magneti Morelli CIS. The worst possible fuel injection. You are right. That is the winner right uh, there. I'm glad I was able to do the tiebreaker for you. <laughs> feel a lot better now. Woo. It um, won't be up tonight just because. Do you want to move the last couple of things um, after your last topic to the next Yeah, episode? we probably should yeah, just in the interest of... Uh, that tuner shop thing took forever. But anyway. it was also very interesting. Let me find where I am here. Okay, another Aston Martin. Nice. Ah, good. That's a good segue. <clears throat> it is. So since the DB5 one... God, stupid ad block bullshit cork stuffer so okay aston martin there we go <laughs> there we go perfect <laughs> they have a new vehicle uh it's kind of like the valkyrie was it's going to be a really low production thing that they're actually going to make but this one's called the victor i, I don't like think that. it I like looks that a bit more i like that a particularly lot. great but it's very interesting no it reminds me of my one of my favorite aston martins other than the db5 which is the uh the living daylights car is that the old vantage yeah yeah, the, the rear end vantage. reminds me of the 80s Vantage. Yeah, well, the front end reminds me of the 80s Vantage. The whole thing reminds me of the 80s Vantage. This is great. So what makes it even more Oh, greater? man, look at that. It's manual only. This is wonderful. V12 only. Yes. And this, is, this isn't the Valkyrie Cosworth V12. This is their old twin Duratec V12. I love this. That Cosworth has now fettled. To over 700 horsepower. Oh, this is perfect. Actually, no, it's over 800. They're 825 horsepower. This 836. Is perfect, this is a perfect vehicle. <laughs> Remember when they did the DBS and they're like, we've thrown the entire rotating assembly away to get the most we possibly can out of the V12 and it made like 530 horsepower? <laughs> they're now 300 horsepower more than that with this the same perfect. engine. I, this is a wonderful vehicle. You know what this looks like? This looks like an 80s Vantage but if Ari Amemiya got their hands on it. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. like Ari mm -hmm. Amemiya Vantage. If I you love just this. smoothed the rectangles into some points. I wish it was a little bit more this angular. This would be an 80s car. Yeah, I, I wish it was a bit more angular. But Imagine this with I points, love it. an 80s racing livery. And listening to the Living Daylights theme song by AHA. Yeah. Yes. They should and do a remake of the Living Dalton. Daylights and put that in it. They should. They should totally do it. Like, Timothy you know, Dalton's still alive, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's in Doctor Who recently. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I we 
we're doing our duty. We have to mention everything we possibly can that is new and manual only. Also, those wheels with the tits. Those wheels are <laughs> very amazing. excellent. That is something that Campagnolo probably makes. Probably. <laughs> oh, also, look at these leather the straps. brown leather interior. Now, that is something instantly. Not just brown. British racing green leather on the back yes, side. Yes, that is true. I think uh, the green is great. I think green and brown leather interiors make cars better. I've never seen a car that's had a green or a brown leather interior this has be both. made worse. And this is wonderful. This has dark green leather and brown interior leather all together. I, I mean, generally, I generally, there, but. I, I, I really tremendously can't care enough about, or at all, anything at all about Aston Martin, and I care a lot about this car. The the GMA T whatever fifty is still probably my favorite car of twenty twenty. But like this is this is my winner. this is the gentleman's this is my car manual vehicle. This is totally my car of the year, hundred percent. I love. Oh, this. look how it looks. it just looks like it wants to do a good job. I love this car so much. I I cannot possibly love this car enough. I love the taillights. It's got the the Valkyrie. Oh, it's a one off. No, I thought they were making this. Uh-oh. No. Uh oh. Well, it's still my car of the year. All right. Yep. A car you can't buy. It's wonderful in every way. God, it's like a modern XJ220, but better. It's really just everything. It's an XJ220 and a Vantage, first year Vantage, mixed together in a big jug. Yeah, and it just looks great. And like with cos- like a cosmetic. with like a GTR roofline. And probably the, one of the best NA engines ever made. Yeah, I'd probably I'd put that up there. It's, a, it's a Duratec. <laughs> they got that. 836 horsepower out of a Duratec. <laughs> it's absolutely tremendous. I'm a big fan. <clears throat> 10 out of 10. Great job, Aston Martin. Awesome now, make car. It, make it a production vehicle. And they gave it a man's name, a Victor. A Victor, yes. Victor's like out that. there to do a good job. I love that. That car should, that really should be. Put it into production. That needs to be a super low production vehicle, yeah. Like, but you know what? I bet that's going to be a hint of the new design language they're going with. So I'm maybe okay the new Vantage. That. I'm very okay with that. Considering also, right now, yeah. Not going to lie. I saw, I've seen a couple of Vantages, mm-hmm. and I really, really, really like them. I think Aston Martin would be the only like supercar manufacturer that I care about right now. Even though I can't care about them, they're the only one I care about. The, um, but I'm inclined to agree with you because I'm like, they're using AMG V8s now, mm-hmm. which are good. And they've bolted a manual to it, which is something Mercedes hasn't even figured yeah. out. Yeah. Well, I think more importantly, if you look at them, like yeah. they they are not photogenic. The fo- photos do not. Right. They are so small. They're the but size of a BRZ. That's yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what I love about it. It's a V8 and a car size of a BRZ, and it's a really good. Look. I've never seen that company do an acquired taste design before, and I think they have the know the know how to do it. Because like, remember in '08 or whatever when the mm-hmm. new Vantage design came out? Yeah. We saw spy shots, and everyone was crossing their legs. Already a great-looking car. Yeah. But I think the new Vantage, although it's going to be a little more polarizing and probably shorter-lived, I think it will have a steeper curve on its parabola for what people like about it. Yeah, I think it's, people are either going to like it or love it um, or absolutely just want to jump off a bridge. Yeah. Like, there's not going to be Vantage. Like, whereas, like, the thing is with, like, yeah, the 2008 or so ones, like, they look good. They're, they're cool. great-looking cars, but, like, they're not that... Out there. I mean, it's yeah. not like a Chris Bengal risk. It's one of those things where, yeah, it's not one of those cars where I'm like, I'm in love with it. It's right. one of those things where it's like, that's cool. It's a nice car. Like, it's, a, it's a good looking car. Like, that's cool. Like, but, you like, could get this or Vantage. Oh, yeah. I think, like, with Aston Martin, the only thing I can, like, the closest I can, I can do to actually caring about them is say, when they make a car I like, mm-hmm. I don't just like it. I'm, like, tremendously head over heels in love with it. Yeah. 
Because they've done that with the... <clears throat> and they may as well do that with all the volume they do. Well, they did the DB5. Mm-hmm. And they did the 80s Vantage, the Victor, and the Valkyries. So the four Aston Martins I really like. And I, I kind of like the DB2 because it's just a bit shit. <laughs> but, like, it's maybe a bit more than a bit shit. But, but the, other, the four that I legitimately like, I really, really, really like. And like, I will defend those cars to the death, being cool cars. It's not like one of those things where it's like, it's not like a car that's like just an exciting car that you see. Like you see like a McLaren Senna, you're like, that's an exciting car. That's cool. It's a McLaren Senna. It's the only McLaren that matters. Or like a Speedtail. Still an auto. Yeah. And it's the thing. It's like, but I mean, like if somebody says something like rude about it, you go, okay, I understand. I don't think Senna would say nice things about it. No. But I think if, um, if somebody ever said anything rude about the DB5, the 80s Vantage... Everyone will burn the them Victor at the stake. ...or <laughs> the Valkyrie, I will get a knife and defend that car. Insulting <laughs> a DB5 is like punching <clears throat> a bald eagle. You just don't do it. No, you, you absolutely don't. You, you, you can and you shouldn't. And The bald eagle is kind of a shit bird. The DB5 is kind of a shit car, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's when people say that the E-Type is better than the DB5, I just respond with, I understand what it is to be poor, but you're wrong. <laughs> you're just a poor person. You're a poor person that is just salty My tastes it. are better than yours because I can only afford aspirationally this level of dreams. Like that's, yeah, like that's, I understand being aspirational, but there's a point where it's like, hey, if the Palace of Versailles isn't your thing, you still appreciate the Palace of Versailles for being the Palace of Versailles. And your house Versailles. isn't better than the Palaces of Versailles because you've afforded your house. Yeah, like, you might like your house more because <laughs> you own it, but it doesn't mean it's better. The DB5 is like the Palace of Versailles of cars. It is objectively better. Like, does it have toilets? No. Does it have power? Not originally. Does it have a room full of mirrors that blind you in the morning? Yes. But... Is it better than your house objectively? Also, yes. Like, that's what yep. the DB5 is. Mm-hmm. I think that should be our top tip that we should end on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just say <laughs> the DB5 is one of the few national treasures of the UK. So Yes, it is. Go. It's one of the greatest vehicles. I think... Actually, well, before we end. When humanity is dead and gone, mm-hmm. I think if we had five things to represent oh, all of humanity, I would go with the Pyramids of Giza, the um, what's the the big red temple in China, or not temple? Uh, Forbidden City, the palace, the Forbidden City, the pyramids of Giza. Is that the thing where the terracotta warriors are? No, that that was uh, the first Chinese emperor's tomb. Okay. Um, Forbidden City is where the Chinese emperor reigned from. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I would do like Michelangelo's David, and then the DB five. And I'm pretty sure just their written works of Sir Isaac Newton. That is what I would do for the representation of the greatness of humanity is the DB5 would be up there with the Forbidden City and Sir Isaac Newton. Wow. That's how much I love that car. Kuntosh, that could have been you had it you had carburetors. Been, yes, it could have been. <laughs> on that hot take. We'll see on you next week. <laughs>